This is the GGC Life Podcast. Well, my heart is full of, um, of what I feel God wants to say, but I know what God wants to say is going to unfold in coming weeks and months and even the whole year. So and I've got to say to myself, you can't say it all in one day because we'll be here till a long time. Um, um, and I really feel like that because, because we want to talk about family because I really believe God's calling His church worldwide to have a deeper revelation of what family really is. Because, you know, the, 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 the vision for the year and what we feel in God wants to impart. So it's not just a vision like, what, what are we going to do? It's what God wants to impart. He wants to impart something of His heart into us. And it's about kingdom family. So we are, as a church, already operating in this revelation of kingdom. And, you know, like... Because Jesus came and preached the kingdom. You know that. Jesus came to bring the kingdom. His message was the gospel of the kingdom. He, his message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he actually brought in God's rule and reign. That's what he came. He didn't come to bring religion. He came to bring God's rule and reign in our lives. The, the king it means ruler. Dome means dominion. And a domain, a territory. We're his sons and daughters. We're his subjects, so to speak. Where we belong in his country, his territory. That's the kingdom, right? But Jesus is the king. He's not a president. He's not a prime minister. You can't vote him in, can't vote him out. And you can't even add to his laws. Can't change his laws or his decrees or his words because he's a king. Do you understand? You actually can't break the law of God. We think, oh, I just break, I, I break I just broke the law. You don't break the law. The law breaks you. If you disobey the law, it'll end up crushing you. The law is always there. Does that make sense? So we've got to understand and reverence God's word as his final word. It's, it's the king. He's the king of our life. So we know we are a part of the kingdom. That's 100%. I want us to understand that, that we're actually part of God's family. And that's why I, I, we phrase the kingdom family. So when you, when you get born again, you get born into God's family. I really believe, like we, don't, we probably don't see the depths of this, but God himself, as you know, Jesus revealed God as Father. So God revealed himself, first of all, as Father. So think about that for a second. Father. He's our dad. That's, that's family already, just there. Right? But Ephesians chapter 3, I just want to show you how deep this goes or how eternal this goes. Ephesians 3 verse 11, this is the Word of God. It's talking about the gospel and it says, This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which He carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about that for a second. This was according to the eternal purpose. Eternal means eternal. Purpose you know what that means? But eternal means forever. It was, it, God had an eternal purpose, what He accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What did God accomplish in Christ Jesus? He brought us back to Himself. He brought us back to His kingdom as sons and daughters. So that means God's purpose was eternal. He always wanted a family. He always wanted you to be brought back to Himself. He wanted you. He, he, in other words, you and I were always on God's mind. In eternity, I'm talking about before everything, anything was created. God always, He didn't come up with a thought. He didn't say, ah, oh, I think I want family. Oh, I, want, I think I want children. Oh, I want sons and daughters to love. God is love and to, 
to be a being of love in all eternity, he always, always had you on his mind. It's beautiful. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel, wow, I was always on your mind. It wasn't an afterthought. I wasn't like, oh, bored here in eternity all by myself. I think I'll make some children. It just blows me away that the intimacy, the love of the Father, that I and you were always on his mind. Eternal purpose. In other words, God always wanted a family. And when God made us, when God made Adam and Eve, we know that they're called sons and daughters of God, aren't they? There's family there already. It just shows you everything about God is He's a Father and we're His children. All across the whole Bible, it says we're sons and daughters of God. Jesus is the Son of God. I'm going to quote you a lot of Scripture. For time's sake, we won't go to everything. But it's in the Bible and you can check it out if you want. But there's Scripture that says that Jesus is referred to as our older brother as well, as being the Son of the living God. And being God in the flesh, and you know, the Word became flesh. But He's also referred to as our older brother. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, we are obviously referred to brothers and sisters. So it's just, I'm going I'm to help you understand deeper and deeper, I trust, in the next weeks and months, the depth of this revelation of family. Right? So when God made Adam and Eve, he's, the Bible says He put in them, Adam and Eve, His image. He, he, Adam and Eve together make up the image and likeness of God. So the, the fact that he made a man and a woman together, this is family, this is the beginning of family. And family is the foundation of society. When, 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 this is God's thought, right? He defined, he's our creator. In a sense, he's the manufacturer, isn't he? He manufactured us. And when, a, when someone creates something and manufactures something, they know what they made it for. They can define its use and they can define its purpose. So God defined marriage between a man and a woman. That's it, right? And, and then he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. That's another powerful command. The, the, the ability want to be fruitful. And when you're fruitful, then he says multiply. We'll talk about maybe that a bit later. But, but husband and wife, and then he, he made them to get married, and then they had children. There's family. God instituted family. God came up with the idea of family. The government didn't. This world didn't. So they can't define family. They're trying to define it. They're trying to redefine it, sorry. And they're trying to call it whatever they want to call it. But God said it's family is a man and a woman. And we've, got to, we've got to believe this. Because when you understand family correctly, the way God understands family and how he wants us to understand family, because we're going to go to the church in a second, that's you and I, because God had the same in mind. He thought family. Um, this, was, this was God's dream from the beginning to have children. That's why when he, made, when he created um, you know, ch- uh, sons and daughters, he made them in the image. And the first thing he put in place was family. You know, it's interesting. A few years after that, we, we know something about um, the sons of God coming down. The Bible talks about the sons of God coming down and, and slept with the women and the, and the daughters of men. And, and then the Nephilim were born. And what was happening? The enemy was trying to corrupt the family structure. And because the family structure was corrupted, it got so evil, so much violence, so much sexual depravity that God had to wipe out the, fa- the whole you know, people on the earth and the Noah's flood. He had to wipe it out because the enemy somehow got in and, and corrupted the family as God has defined it. So he had to start all over again. How did he start again? With a family. 
Noah and his wife, three sons and their, and their, and their wives. He starts, to, he starts mankind all over again. He starts to populate again, and he starts with a nucleus of a family. Because we've got to understand, family is the foundation of civilization. I'm telling you. If the en- enemy knows that, he goes, if I can corrupt the family, if I can corrupt the family unit and just twist it and pervert it and change it, like because of our fallen nature, please understand where I'm coming from, because we've been separated from God and we're all born in sin, so we're all in the same boat here on this planet, um, the enemy has tried to attack marriage. Because he knows if I can attack marriage and people break up and get divorced, it's going to break the children's heart. It's going to hurt them so badly that they'll be, they'll, 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 they'll be hurt and they'll be, they'll be you know, growing up a little bit. Um, they won't have the values that they're supposed to have. They won't have, because in the family unit, I believe that's where God intended us to form our values. And, and it's our formative years. What you see in your family, you'll usually become. And so none of us have grown up in a perfect family. They say 30% of Australians grow up with a single parent, usually the mother. I mean, father's about 5% maybe, a single parent. But most single parent homes are mothers. And no matter if you're a father, single parent, or a mother, it's still not God's defined, it's not his complete design. So it's clearly the statistics on this planet everywhere. People have studied this uh, for years and years and years. And there's been thousands of studies that have been done that when you grow up, in, and please hear my heart, if you grow up in a, in a single family, I pray that you've done your best and if you are doing it right now, you're doing your best, have a family around you, have the village around you, have the church family around you. That's going to help the gaps, you know. But um, you don't, you're not called to do it alone. That's what I'm saying. But let me say this. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, they, they, they clearly say that there's, let me, let me read it so I don't, Quote it wrong. Um, the statistics of broken families. All right. My mouth is very dry. Okay, yeah. Out of the 70% of the children, the, yeah, out of 70% of people that have um, uh, grown up in a mother and father situation, 70%. How many people do you think have grown up in a dysfunctional family anyway? Like, I had mum and dad around, but I, was, I, I would still say I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I didn't grow up in a... No one grows, grew up in a perfect modelled family. No one. Because no, no man and woman, no husband and wife, father and mother were, were ever perfect. So in, in America, they did a study and they said that 70 to 80% of them, of the pe- people that were studied, um, interviewed, said that we, 70%, sorry, 70 to 80% said that they grew up in a dysfunctional family. So I, I think how dysfunctional, how much abuse, how much verbal abuse, how much sexual abuse, how much violence, how much domestic violence. We've got a mess on our hands because of the family unit has been attacked by the enemy. So domestic violence, all those things that happen, that grow up little children and they, they don't grow up with the values of God. They don't grow up in the way God intended them to. Right? Not to mention the enemy is trying to, again, de- redefine what marriage is. It's not between a man and a man, a woman with a woman. You know, the government can't redefine what they didn't create. God created it. God purposed it. God designed it. He put the definition in because that's the way he purposed us. So we function properly between a man and a woman, but you've got to have this relationship with God. When the man and woman both have a relationship with God and they're filled with God's love, have intimacy, have identity, they're going to love each other correctly. And when they have children, they're going to raise them up the best possible way. 
and I'm, I'm telling you, family structure is the foundation bed. It's the foundation. I mean, people have studied this and look at it. They know if you break down the family structure and the family unit, you, break, you destroy society. I'm passionate about this because I really believe this so much. It says here it is. Um, basically, yeah, here it is. For example, studies have found that children that are from a single mother household are five times more likely to commit suicide than children from both unbroken households. And single father households are nine times more likely to drop out of high school, 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substance. And a lot of people that have ended up in jail um, had a fatherless generation. The fact that we're, we're living in a fatherless generation, in some, predominantly in certain nations of the world, even in this nation, a lot of us are fatherless. You might, you might say, but I, I had a father at home. I had a father at home too, but I, don't, I, I can't say I was very close to my dad. So, so you can have a father and still be neglected, still be abused, or still have the wrong model. So, so all I'm trying to state is the family structure has been destroyed by the enemy. We need to fight, fight back and grab it back. We need to get it back from the enemy and demonstrate what it really means and to be a godly father and a godly mother and, and to be in love and, and to have a family unit. So that these, Because what's happening is these broken people that have grown up in this generation, so broken, so hurt. They don't realize it, but it's come from the way you've, been, you've, you've grown in your family. All that hurt, all that brokenness, all that wrong mindsets, wrong value system, wrong perception. You learned it in your formative years. And so I believe God's solution to all that brokenness, people are coming to know the Lord, is God's family. 100%. It's us. You and I knowing what it's like to walk in family and be family. What does it actually mean to be family? You know, we quote scriptures like, if you are planted, as in Psalms, if you are planted in the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, you shall flourish. And then another one says, if you're planted in the house of the Lord, you'll, you'll be like the olive uh, grove, an olive tree that grows and just the vine that just grows in health. And I look up that word house, and when you look it up in the Hebrew, it actually means family. So what, what, what does that mean to me? Because we justify it like this. I, I'm in the house of the Lord. Because I attend a house of the Lord. I'm in a physical building, the house of the Lord. So just because you attend, it doesn't mean you're actually in a part of a family. There are a lot of Christians, a lot of believers, call themselves Christians, that don't even come to gatherings anymore. If my Because we're family. When we have a family gathering, I expect everyone in the family to come. Imagine if you're, you're part of a family or part of my family, and you never ever come to the table every time we eat together. Is that a family? We're just living isolated. So I think we've, we've been taught such independent thinking. We've been taught such independent, I will do it. I will, I will do it on my own. I, I will, you know, it's, it's a pride thing, but I'll do it. And we, and we think we're teachable, but how teachable are we? But I will hear God for myself. And the Bible teaches, submit yourselves to one another. Submit to your elders. Don't make big decisions. I'm talking about big decisions. Decisions that will change your life direction. Don't make that on your own. That's why you're in family. A healthy family, just for your information, uh, my children, all our kids, all they're grown up and they're married, have their own wives, have their own family. They're not going to make a big decision fully on their own. 
Why? Because they're wise enough to just at least get perspective from one for father, but also an eldership and others in the church that they respect and look up to. So I'm not just saying to elders. I'm talking about submitting to the family, to one another as well. But go to wise people. Don't make a decision fully on your own, though, because family doesn't do that. Now, why, why doesn't close family do that? Because of trust, because of real love, and you really, really, really believe that you want the best for me. And you've got enough trust, and so I submit this to you because I know you actually want the best for me. Now, most of us don't understand what that type of family love trust is. The Bible in the church in the New Testament is exactly the same language. I hope you hope you're getting this across. I'm trying to. It's so um, so important. We've got to catch this because I find that people that need family the most, when you come in a real healthy community and family like ours, sometimes you push family away because you don't know how to accept it. You don't read it as love. You read it as you, a victim mentality. Why are you speaking into my life? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you trying? Why aren't I allowed to do this? And and you don't realize we actually care and love you. But when family means submission, correction, that's why the language was with elder. Even the word elder speaks of family in, in that sense of the elders that are in the community, the family. In the Old Testament, that's what the word meant. Are you with me? So what we need, thanks. If you can see the massive vacuum, you can see the massive brokenness and why we're so broken. When you come to know Jesus... And you get resurrected, born again. Even the language of the whole Bible is born again. That means birth took place. And also as newborn babies. Babies? That's family. It's the language of a family, by the way. You know, desire the sincere milk of the word. That we were born not of man, but not by the will of man, but the born of God. See, that's all language of family. To give birth. Husband and wife have intimacy. Seeds involved. And the baby comes. Well, God, uh, Christ, um, you know, we, the same, same thing happened. God uses His seed, the Word of God, germinates in our spirit. Water, the water, water of the Holy Spirit resurrects us. We get birthed into God's family. It's a family. We've got to see it as a family. Actually, this family, the ones that are born again, because what did Jesus say about this? I mean, uh, Christine preached about this last week. And he says, um, Matthew 12, verse 46, And he stretched forth his hand towards his, his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brother. For whoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother, my sister, and my mother. What, that was in the context of his mum and brothers were looking for him outside. And they're going, oh, can you go call Jesus? We want him. And so he's talking to his disciples. He says, hang on, who is my mother and my brother and my sister? This is pretty powerful. He who does the will of my father, that's my brother. That's my mother. That's my father. That's my brother. He didn't say father. It's my mother, my brother, my sister. That tells me something. That to, I mean, that tells me my biological family, if they don't know Jesus, my spiritual family should be closer because of the born again nature that they know the father and you know the father and you're born of the father. You're actually brothers and sisters. But if your biological family is born again, they know Jesus, then obviously they're going to be the closest. But they've got to know the Lord. Does that make sense? Jesus went as far as saying, uh, what did he say about, um, you should 
if you don't, if you love your mother, your father, your brother, sister, your wife more than me, you're not worthy of me. That's, that's a love that's been given. That's a gift that's been given. That's in the image and likeness of God. But it doesn't replace your relationship with God. You, like God demands your love. He's got, and He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. When love is pure, the Father has given all His love to you. And because He's given everything, He actually expects you to give Him everything. And when you do give Him everything, you can love your family way better. Way better because you're designed that way. So it's not don't love your family. It's make sure God's number one because that's how you're going to love your family way better. With greater capacity. Greater eternal love that is poured into your heart. You're following? But I'm just trying to show us how God sees it. That Jesus says those that are born of, uh, uh, those that do the will of my father, they're actually my brothers and sisters. That's my family. That's my real family. And, and again, what unites us is the fact that you do the will of God. Not our race, not our nationality, not our um, background, not our social demographics, not our um, economy graphics, whatever it is. No, no, that doesn't unite us because sometimes we, oh, you don't look like me, you don't talk like me, you've got different interests. And you start thinking, oh, you, you, I don't feel united to you. No, if he knows the Lord, that's what unites you. If he does the will of God, rather. Because you're going to say, I know the Lord, but they don't do the will of God. You following? This is vital. So all over the Bible, it gives us language of family. That we're sons and daughters, brothers and, brothers and sisters. That I love this one. In Ephesians chapter 1, it tells us that the family of God is named, the family that's in heaven and that's in earth is named after Jesus. The same family, it says one family. The family that's in heaven, right now there's people in heaven that are born by God and they went into heaven because they got born again and they know Jesus. And that family in heaven right now, billions and billions and billions and billions. That family in heaven and the family here on earth that's called by His name. God sees one family. You just call this family. And, and, and it's all over. Um, I love Timothy says, my own son, uh, Paul says to Timothy, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. He calls his son in the faith. Like, that's a family language. Um, he said it to Titus as well. Um, I like this one in uh, the, the qualifications of an elder. One that rules his own house, who rules his own house well, having his children in subjection with his own, uh, like with great uh, reverence. For if a man knows not how to rule his own house or his own family, how shall he take care of the church of God? Perfect example. If you can lead, love, sacrifice, and lead your family well, shows you can lead the church family well. And he's using the language of what God instituted as a family. If you can lead that well, you can lead the people of God spiritually. Imagine if I mess up my family really, really bad, but I want to be called to take care of the church. You're not going to take care of the church because you're not going to love them because you didn't, you, you didn't do your first responsibility that God gave you. But I'm saying all that to show you that God's speaking the language of family. The whole Bible is full of family. The children of Israel, the children of Abraham. I mean, language of family. So again, now the question is this. Don't, don't ask yourself, do I attend the church? I go to church. Am I a part of a family? Do I see myself as a family? And that means when, when you really do, because you, you, God's placed me here, God's called me here, and now you work through things. You know? You work through brother 
brother bulldozer and sister sandpaper. When, when those things happen, when we hurt each other, misunderstand each other, have a disagreement, you work through those things. You don't just get up. I mean, my children never, ever said to me whenever they had a disagreement with me or mum or one another, they never said, that's it, I'm getting up, I'm going to find a family down the road. I don't think they were even tempted to do that. Maybe they were, I don't know. But, <laughs> but we do that. We're not willing to work through issues. And, and, and let's not be, again, being a part of a family means you're not independent. You're not isolated. You actually want to hear other people's counsel and you want to listen to other people and you want to submit to one another in the fear of God. That's the language of family again. But th- that can't happen, let me say this, if you're not healthy. If you know, you'll, read, you'll misread everything. Even now I'm t- talking about family. If you have a certain expectation, wow, this church is talking about family, I'm going to join here, and in a few weeks' time, I want to be family with everybody. If you've got a mindset that you're going to be family with everyone, you're not going to be family with everyone. You have to get to know a few close people. Be in a connect group. Do life with those people. Meet every week. It actually takes, in this day and age, possibly years to develop that family level of trust. Talking about real trust. Real love, real faith, real, I, I, I can trust my life with you because I've watched your life and I can submit my life to you and, and, and I want you to speak into my life. I give you the right. Or else we, or else we, close, our hands, we close our life like a book and say, no, nah, don't speak into my life. I'm taking care of my life by myself. I'm leading. Well, I don't want to open up my life just in case you say to me something I don't want to do. But when you really trust, you really believe they want the best for me, that takes time. It really does take time. So don't, don't put an expectation on and go, well, well I, I just don't feel. Press in. You have to continue to be pressed in. Press in. You've got to desire it and you've got to be teachable. We can talk about this, those things later. The Bible speaks of Jesus being the, bri- the groom and we're the bride. That's family. It's just all over the Bible. Um, all right. I'm going to kingdom family. We are a kingdom family, and we have to know how to walk in real family love because it's a healed family, a kingdom family that's walking in in the fullness of that health that can go out there and bring God's kingdom culture and change the world. Some people, I think Bill Johnson says something like a transformed people can transform society. If you're not transforming, I'm not transforming, how am I going to go out there and transform people? When we're truly changed and transformed, I can bring that message to people. So same with, when we're a family that's healthy and whole, we can bring healing to everywhere we go. Because they're desperate for family. Why do you think movies like My Big Fat Greek Wedding goes so well? Because everyone, fans, I love to have a family like that. Oh, they're so close, you know. Like, well, there's lots of movies. There's a vacuum for fathers. There's a vacuum for sons and orphans that would desire to have family. It's heart-wrenching when a child has lost their parents and they're living in an orphanage with no love and they just hope someone will pick them to adopt them. Someone, the, the desire just to be loved. Because God made that in us. And so, I, 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 you know, there's a scripture in Psalms 50, verse 2. It says, out of Zion, the word Zion in the book of Hebrews says it's the church, just by the way, so that you can understand that. That's Old Testament scripture right now. But in the book of Hebrews, it, it interpreted as Mount Zion was the church of the living God. And the perfection of beauty 
the perfection of beauty, God has shined. So I wrote this. I thought, wouldn't it be amazing? God wants to shine forth His kingdom family, that's you and I, His church. He's called our people, His ecclesia, sons and daughters of the king, of the kingdom, right? And a family of kingdom sons and daughters that truly walk in unconditional love and love each other sacrificially with real humility. Humility is so attractive. Full of joy, walking in real faith, coming for, uh, caring for one another, building each other up, never condemning or judging with a critical spirit, never gossiping to each other, never speaking negative about each other, but prophesying the will of God with encouragement all the time, preferring one another, honoring one another, demonstrating extreme generosity to one another. That's family, right? And, and all walking in His perfect peace and all walking in the true heart unity, which only God can put that in our hearts, walking in purpose, power in the earth, truly demonstrating God's kingdom culture. This is how God wants to shine forth His beauty in the earth through us. Walking out, what does it like? What does it look like a community of people, a family of people that walk out in kingdom culture? That you would be very, very, very fearful before God if someone hurts you that you don't go run around and tell someone else how they hurt you. God, Jesus forbade that, forbid, forbid that. He said, don't do that. Rather, go to that person alone. What are you going to do? How is he going to help the community by telling someone else how he hurt you? It's going to make that person go, I can't believe that guy would do that. It brings more division. So this is what family culture looks like, godly family culture. He said, it would never, you'd never dare to do that because you, you, you love them. And because you love them, honor them. I don't want to speak negative about that person. God loves them. God values them. God sees them as so special. I've been hurt. I've been misunderstood. I'm going to talk to that person alone to restore that relationship. And there's a way to do that if they don't receive it. And this family thing is two ways. It's, it's you trusting us. It's me trusting you. It's you trusting someone else. And it's mutual. It's you loving them, but it's them loving you. It can't be just one way. Does that make sense? You can short circuit it if you don't trust. And you, I'll never trust anybody. So it, it, again, and that might take time for, for people to find what real family is about. So out of being a family, I, believe, I really believe God wants to teach us this revelation so deeper this, this year. So much deeper than we've known it. So you can look at your brother and sister and go, you know, I'm actually willing to lay down my life for them because I love them. Imagine that type of deep love from the Father. The Father wants us to walk in this deep love for one another. And it's in this understanding of what real family is that we're going to change the world this year. And we already are. Like I look at what happened, just bear with me. I, I, I look at what happened with um, the Western location. What, what did we do? Like What did we do? Well, we took the family and we took the family into the Western culture and had church, ecclesia, called our people, the family of God gathering together, but we brought a culture because those 20, 30 people carried the presence of God, that love, that sacrifice, that faith, that joy. And we, and, and, and through a lot of things, um, obviously we told people on Facebook and we letting people know we're going to start. And we've been here for 33 years. So a lot of people in our city know us in this city. And so when we started, like three or four months later, we got about 100 people at the West, Western location. 
Like people are desperate for real, authentic. They are desperate to experience God, to receive anointed word, to be trained, to be equipped, to be discipled. They want to know Jesus. And so God is, that's just an example. That's just one example. I just want to show us a little bit how we're already on this trajectory as a church. We've been on that for years. And so I think of, that's just, that's just one example because family did that. Why, why do I make that example? Because one person could have went on his own. It would have taken him years to pull that off the ground. I went on my own. It took me three years to get 70 people with us. Over three years. And I went on my own. With My brother came two months later. And Heidi came a month after that. <laughs> and we had like two or three people. We started. But what, what are you doing? You can do way more with family. God thinks family. God thinks a whole body, the body ministry. Uh, uh, the Open Heaven worship nights, we've done that for seven years. But for seven years, people have come from all over the city, sometimes as far as three-hour drive, four-hour drive, all this stuff, two hours drive, just to get in the presence of God and worship with us. And what's that? So we put on that night, yes, for us primarily, but the church people that are hungry are coming. So we're in a sense serving kingdom family. True? Kingdom initiative, uh, kingdom atmosphere that just finished yesterday, we had, as, we, as I said, 18, 19 different churches and there were hundreds and hundreds of Christians from all over the place and, and God was doing something, stirring. That's, that's our vision in, our, in, the, in this house as a family because we know it's not just here, it is here, but it's also the whole body of Christ and it makes us more healthy and more mature and way bigger capacity. Like our heart and vision is we shepherd this congregation, this city location so well that by the end of the year, we have to even maybe a few months, God might surprise us. We have to go to two services in the morning. That's our heart and vision to see that type of growth, to reach our city, reach our area, that we can go to two services, maybe three if we need it. But, our, but again, that's the kingdom initiatives. What about in Him conference? Fivefold ministry to equip the saints, not just our saints here in this church, but the whole church that's hungry to come. And they do come. The equip that we do, that we've done the last couple of times, we've been hosting it by God's grace. And we get, well, it actually sold out 300. I think it sold out in five days, pretty much. Just over 300 people that came in, in, in one week, it sold out. Or well, we probably can squeeze a few more people, but that's churches from all over the place. It's something on our lives as a church, as a family. I believe in you know, what, what God did in Western Sydney, we can, we're praying and pl planning and strategizing and say, what does it look like if we did something in the, in the Shire, in the south of Sydney? Take the family again and plan a location or a church plant and bang, by God's grace, in our togetherness. And God needs the army. You're not, I hope you're not coming to church, just come and feed me. You want to be equipped, trained up to be released in priesthood ministry. And I can go on and on and on with kingdom influence and spheres in our marketplace, in the, the political arena, in the arts, in the movies. I mean, we're already affecting some of these things. But I, I really believe every single one of us are called to do this kingdom endeavor and kingdom influence in every sphere that you're working in. Amen? That to me is kingdom family, working in kingdom family. And there's just, there's so much things that we as a church have pretty much I think it's just in our fabric, in our DNA, in our heart. We've been going to the nations 
for almost, actually 30 years as a church. And so I don't know if you understand, but we're a part of a family that's in a hundred different nations. We have close friends that are in so many different parts of the world that lead churches. Why? Because we've been on, we've been with that family, church family, with that community, the NCMI tribe. We've been with the Apostolic Prophetic Team for over about just hit 30 years. Remember, I said it takes time to build a relationship. And so, but we've got an influence. This church, there's so many places we could go. As you are ready and you're equipped, you go, I want to go to the nations too. Go to the Philippines. We can go to India. We can go, we've been to Sri Lanka. We can go to Sri Lanka again. Cook Islands. We've got friends there that are asking us, please come. Probably need some help there in the Cook Islands. Someone put their hands up to come with yeah. Italy. We've got people working, friends in Italy working. We come to India before we come to it come to India before we come to Italy. I'm joking. But all over the world, we can go on and on. States, Mexico, South America, Brazil. So many churches, people that we can go in and help plant, help um, disciple them, do equips, do training. I want us to see that's what Kingdom Family is about. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Amen? All nations. We, we, we reach our neighbours, we reach our city, we reach our nation, and we reach the nations of the world. And I, I want you to dream with me. Not just, uh, that's what Leo said, or this is Leo. Speak with the Lord. Let Him give you vision of what, you, what part you play. What part can you do in your sphere, in your calling, in your gifting? Change the, change the sphere around you. Change the industry. Make movies. Write books. Write songs. Whatever you're gifted in, I'm saying. Amen? I don't want you to just think ministry, ministry. That, that is ministry. That is ministry. The creative arts, sporting arena, politics. You bring the kingdom everywhere you go. That's what I believe for this year that God wants to raise up His own sons and daughters, influence this world with His kingdom, culture, which is family. We've got to understand family way better. Amen. That's why we use those media, social media. We're on TV. I don't know if you know, but we've been on TV for 12 years on the Australian Christian Channel. We were on radio for 20 years and we, we stopped that. But that, our desire was to teach and preach the Word of God to all people. And I believe there's still there's more there with YouTube and more there with social media. Just so much capacity. Dream with God. Amen. So the biggest thing I'm saying is fall in love with the Father, have an encounter with the Father, because this won't happen unless you have your own encounter with the Father. Find your rightful place in the Father's family. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. The Bible says the Son is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says we're seated at the right hand of the Father. You're actually seated as a son next to the Father. That's family. Until we know that identity, we're not going to change the world much. We have to know that identity. I actually, my identity is I'm seated with my Father. I'm accepted. I belong. I'm loved. These are, these are family um, language. What's a family? Feeling loved, belonging, being accepted, being yourself. If you can't be yourself around family, then it's not family. Just the language. What does it look like? Identity. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace. Help us to understand your desire for family from the beginning. It's all about you desiring a family. You made Adam and Eve in your image and likeness. And and they were designed, created to have family, to have children. Just like you desire to have children. So Lord, we pray, show us. Come and heal our hurt. Come and heal our brokenness. Come and heal our, our distrust of people. Distrust of maybe leaders. Distrust of pastors. Distrust of the church family itself. Lord, if we've been hurt, heal our brokenness. Heal if we've been hurt as growing up in our own physical family. And let us have a new vision of your, the Father's love. Heal us in your love, Father. Let us find security in your love. Honey, you can do that, Lord. I pray signs Signs and wonders to confirm this word about the Father, heart of God in our hearts. And we receive this love in Jesus' name. Ongoingly, not just right now, this moment, but ongoingly. The next weeks, months and years. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.